Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Hi everyone, my name is Jen Islam. I work at Drew University in Career Services. I'm also on the Bengalis of New York team, and I'm so excited to hold this workshop, collaborating with Anish and Faisal. One of the reasons we wanted to put together this workshop was because we care deeply about our community and access to opportunity. We hope that the tips and tricks that we share with you all today will help you in progressing towards your future goals. And with that, I will leave it to Faisal. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Faisal Rajiv. I'm also from New York, uh, and um, I've been working in the uh, uh, IT field or computer field for a while now. A little bit of background about myself. I, uh, I actually also, uh, you know, did my higher education in New York. I went to a CUNY, if you know what that is, uh, you know, City University of New York, and I did my master's in uh, Pace University. Um, yeah, I've been working in all different types of computer uh, roles, uh, probably mostly uh, uh, most of my career. And right now, you know, I work at sales and, you know, I can definitely talk more about that. But uh, uh, yeah, glad to be here. Awesome, thank you all so much. All right, Anish, do you wanna share your screen and um, share your slides? Okay, great. Um, so yeah, assuming everyone on the stream can see them and obviously we'll put this up later so people can watch it. But I think, you know, generally to give some context, the idea behind the session was to talk a little bit about you know, what are some things that you can do with your resume, which is probably a good place to start if you're looking for a new job or if you need to get a new job, or even if you're in a current job and you're looking to maybe switch your role or get into a new job from your current job, right? This is something that everyone kind of needs. And I'm not, you know, an expert by, by any means. Who am I? Why am I even talking here, right? So I'm just someone who unfortunately spent a lot of time on not only my own resume, but throughout my career, other people's resumes as well. I also do these consultations. I'm more of a language person, to be honest. That's, uh, I think Drake had some line in one of his rap songs, you know, he was good at math, but better at language. Um, that, that describes me perfectly. Uh, and throughout my career, I've worked in banking and I've done M&A and investing at Goldman. And then I've spent a lot of time at Goldman leading and running the training that they do for different parts of their business. And a lot of my job, even though it was quote unquote technical, which, you know, I think anyone who's interested in a financial career that that word can have multiple meanings, depending on the role. Uh, but a lot of my job, honestly, was just helping people communicate better. And, you know, my personal view on resumes is it's really a tool that you're using to communicate your story. And we're hoping today, or at least, you know, me for the next 10 or 15 minutes, I can just give you some tips that I've learned about how can you create a document that really gives people a nice preview or trailer of who you are. So I, I always hated it when my professors in college or anyone really would have just a quote on a screen. I always thought it was very pretentious, but I do like this quote because I think it summarizes the problem of the resume. So two things remain irretrievable, time and a first impression. And for those of you, I'm sure there are millions of versions of this quote. This is just one of them, but I view the resume as a first impression. So when you meet someone, I'm sure there are people that are, that are dating during COVID, your dating profile is kind of a resume, right? It's when people look at it, what are they thinking, right? So if someone looks at your resume and 
it's 50 pages or there are typos or run-on sentences or Comic Sans font. What, what exactly are people going to think of you when they see that? Those are some of the things that, you know, in my mind, I think are first impression type things. For folks that already have a resume or folks that are pretty experienced with this, you know, you kind of know this and maybe there are you know, as you grow in your career, right, you want people to look at you differently, right? You don't want someone to look at you the same way they did when you're first starting your career as maybe when you're five years in, 10 years in, right? So how can you change that perception of you? But, you know, some first key things that, you know, I, I think folks, and once again, I, I don't know, or, you know, we don't know kind of what the levels of different people are. So the whole purpose of this is to kind of just touch on a bunch of standard things. And then maybe if we do more of these, we can get more specialized, but, you know, resumes are scanned. They're not read. Um, this whole theory about people toiling over your resume, like it's the eighth Harry Potter book that never came out and just got released. Like that's just not true. Or at least I have not seen that. Maybe depending on the situation, if you're in an advanced stage of an interview or something, people will read it. But for the most part, at least what I saw at Goldman is if someone was interviewing someone or if I was interviewing someone, I would probably get the resume two minutes before the interview. I would look at it very quickly and then I would use it to ask questions. A resume, in my mind, I had this theory, a resume should look like a menu, but it should read like a movie. So really the resume, when people look at it, they should be able to kind of cherry pick and look at things. Like when you go to a restaurant, you see the menu, right? You get an idea of like, okay, this restaurant has, you know, X, Y, Z things, or I can do, oh, it can, oh, it's a tapas place. We can do three of these things or, oh my God, you know, they have entrees and we can get like two of these things. A resume should kind of give someone an idea of the different things that you're about, but it should read like a story or a movie. It shouldn't read like a menu, like a list of things. It should read more like a journey that you've been on and should talk about, you know, what are the things that you really want someone to take away? So before I even write resumes or if, you know, not that I'm doing that all day, but when I did write my resumes or rewrite them, really, I would always try to think first, what story am I trying to tell? And that can come down to something as simple as, you know, I'm an analytical person and I can handle complex challenges. Like if that's the path that you're on or that's the story that you're trying to tell, you kind of want to know that ahead of time. So that can guide the rest of the language and the rest of the verbiage on the resume. A few other examples here, depending on what's in your head. But, you know, I'm a team player who can drive big changes, right? That's a big one. Almost any job that you apply to, for the most part, that's going to be a big element of the role, right? Are you a team player and can you actually make things happen? Um, or, you know, for some folks that are in more technical fields or more experienced, you know, another big theme or story could be I'm an expert in this field and I could lead others with integrity or with effectiveness, whatever it is. These are the kinds of things that I think are worth thinking about before you even put your hands on the keyboard or pick up a pen. So I guess if there are no questions, I figured I would just have a really cheesy, no pun intended example that we could kind of walk through. And, <clears throat> and once again, I, I think there are so many different details and nuances with resumes. You also want to know what line of work, you know, you're going to get into what do they require at the firms you're applying to? Are there specific things you need? But I think generally speaking, you know, if anyone's been to the Cheesecake Factory, which is still one of my favorite places to go, I love the Cheesecake Factory. I don't know how they're doing in COVID. I assume horrible, probably on the verge of bankruptcy, but they have so many things on that menu. That, that menu is like an almanac, right? It's basically just a list of every single possible food item probably ever created. And 
on the website, I, I even checked this before this presentation. If you go on the website and look at the menu, they have a search bar because they have so many things in the menu that they'd rather just have you find what you want. Don't make people wish that your resume had a search bar, okay? Just get, you really want to keep things simple. You want them to look clear. You don't want people to be digging or investigating or becoming a detective when they look at your resume. Some seemingly obvious things like, you know, using clean fonts, simple formatting. Now is not the time to use wingdings or webdings or whatever it is, if anyone even knows what those are. And try to just be very aware. Try to look at resumes for people that are in your field or if you have other good examples, relevant examples. You know, what are some of those best practices that you should be following? But in general, you want to keep things clean and you want to keep things organized. So, and, and to be clear, I've never worked at the Cheesecake Factory, but I figure if I did, this may be a sample resume that I have literally just created here for someone who spent quite a bit of time in the Cheesecake Factory in New York, New York. And I just wanted to walk through this. This to me represents a typical style of resume that I've seen or the typical language in a resume that at least I have had some experience with when you know, I've seen people that I've interviewed or people that have applied. And if we look through this resume, it's pretty straightforward, right? Someone started as a waiter five years ago or so. Then at some point they became a senior waiter. Then at some point they became a manager. I think, you know, for those who are going to be watching, just take a look through this as I'm talking and just think about the impression you're getting of this, right? Whether it's positive, negative, you know, this, this isn't a bad example or a good example. It's just a typical example. So, you know, in, in true form, it kind of just goes chronologically here. This is what happened. This is what I did. This is when I did it. This is where I did it. Almost like a news article. Now, here's the other side of the spectrum, right? I would put this on one side of the spectrum. It's pretty much a journalistic article. It's the reporting the facts. Here's the other side of the spectrum. It's the same resume, the same data, so to speak, the same person, and look at the difference. And once again, this isn't a better version or the optimal version. It's just another version. But some of the key differences here are there's, and yeah, I think you guys should be able to see my cursor, but if not, I'm, I'm looking at the manager Cheesecake Factory line, right? There's a summary there. So right off the bat, because this person has spent so much time at this place, and if you are in a situation where you have spent a lot of time in many, many different roles at a company, sometimes it might just be worth it for you to just quickly summarize that and give people kind of a heads up. Like, look, I've been at this place five years. I've done X, Y, Z thing. Um, just to make it easy for someone to understand, right? Like in the previous example, I kind of have to go line by line and see, okay, 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 all right. And put the facts together myself. Whereas here, it's a little bit more straightforward, right? The second thing I want to point to, which I think is the biggest gap in most resumes is, you know, show me, don't tell me. But here, when you look at the actual language in this previous example, it's pretty much talking about here's what happened, right? I got promoted or here are the things that I did. I directed staff, I trained new staff. That stuff is important, especially if you're applying to a role that requires certain specific skills or certain specific duties. You want people to know that you can do those things. But for the most part, I don't really, if I'm reading this resume, I don't really get an idea of who this person is. I kind of just understand what this person has done in the past and what they may be able to do if I hire him or her. 
Now, here's the same information, but it's kind of organized in terms of impact or action, right? So this shows not just what the person did, but, you know, they've organized it, right? So there's two categories now, you know, they were part of growth initiatives at, you know, at Cheesecake Factory and some part of leadership, right? So right off the bat, if I'm reading this resume, I already know very quickly what the last five years have been for you like in these two lines. And then I get an idea of like, okay, this person is strategic, right? They're growth oriented. They've also demonstrated leadership. I don't need to spend a lot of time with this resume to get a pretty decent idea of what this candidate is trying to say about themselves. So I would just look over those two examples. I mean, ideally it's, you know, once again, don't read them verbatim, but the concept is generally, you wanna take all of your facts, organize them, and then kind of lead with the conclusion. What does this actually mean? I wanted to talk us a little bit about, you know, once again, I really get into the language of the resume, but I think there should be some formulaic approach that you take in order to be a storyteller and not a journalist. The biggest mistake I see oftentimes with bullets is that they're very, very descriptive. They're clunky. They don't really get to the point. People try to use all these words because they've seen them before and they think it makes them seem like they're Elon Musk. The, the key with the bullets is you want to show an action that you did. You want to lead with that off the bat. You want to have an outcome for that action and that outcome oftentimes should be specific. So, you know, don't get you know, it, it should be specific, but reasonable, right? You know, don't be saying, you know, you cause, you know, 10,000% growth because something went from, you know, 0.1 to one. But for the most part, you want to be able to show a specific outcome that happened because of the action that you took. I think most people, for the most part, generally understand those two things, where I oftentimes see what's missing is, well, what was the aftermath of even the outcome, right? So, you know, for instance, in this example that I have here of action, outcome, aftermath, it's, you know, this person codified client customer service best practices. This is from the cheesecake example to create our first ever standard training program. Okay. So that's the outcome. A lot of people stop there, but what was the aftermath of that? Right. What, why was that even relevant? Who cares? Well, it was relevant because they were able to decrease onboarding time by, you know, by 50% to one week. So it took two weeks for people to get onboarded. This person does this unbelievable training program. And now it takes one week to be an excellent cheesecake factory waiter. So once again, it's not an exact science, but you kind of want to have these three things in your head when you're writing your bullets, you know, what's the action, what happened? And then furthermore, why was that thing happening relevant or cool or amazing? Um, quick, just another quick tip, like in terms of the words that you use for the action, you know, I, I, I don't get too creative. Um, I try to once again, keep it simple, but there are plenty of resources you can use to find words. If you find yourself reusing a lot of words, you really shouldn't be reusing too many words. So, you know, I've listed some here. And then in addition, honestly, just use Google or go to Thesaurus or The Muse, which is a website. It's a blog. They actually have a lot of interesting articles and some helpful lists that you can look through and use. I wanted to touch on that a little more from the question in the chat. How do you avoid using words perceived as buzzwords but are necessary for explaining your work experience on your resume? Everything Anish said, plus I say go for the buzzwords. That's what recruiters are looking for when they're searching mm -hmm. through LinkedIn, resume, cover letter. They want to know you're using the words that they're looking for in a candidate. So don't be afraid. Go for it. Yeah, and I wanted to add on top of that, like, like Anish was saying, right, a lot of this resume stuff is scanned. So 
Um, if you think about how a resume works, uh, you, you submit it, like imagine you throw it in the ocean and uh, somebody, you know, it, all these recruiters are like fishermen or something. They're like, you know, they're fishing for certain keywords. They might not be the end uh, hiring manager, but they're going to take you one step closer to your job. So uh, use it, but also think about not using it too generously so that it doesn't come off as you're uh, abusing it. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. And once again, look, my, my purpose here with this presentation is just to give you some tools that you can use to tell a very clear, impactful story. In terms of the tactics of your job search, which is different than your resume, you know, like Jen and, and Faisal are saying, yeah, be very tactical and do your homework, do your research, talk to recruiters, talk to people that are in the role or in the industry and do those tactical things that you need to do. If your resume is literally like at Goldman, you know, we would have, and a lot of companies are doing this now, they would just use these automated screeners, right? Where they would get the resumes, they would have these screeners, it would pump out a list of people. And then, then the recruiter would look at that list of people and be like, okay, we're going to interview maybe four of these people. So put yourself in the best position to succeed that way. A few other very quick best practices. And once again, this may be painfully obvious to a lot of you, but, you know, in terms of just what I've seen that has worked well is you want your name kind of at the top centered, right? It's your resume. People should know it's your resume. I generally think, you know, email and sell, um, you obviously make sure your email is somewhat professional or at least just your name. Um, and don't try to like, the, the real estate on your resume should not be taken up by things like your name, like, you know, your name being in size 130 font or your name's on one line, then your email's on another, then your phone number's on another, then your LinkedIn URL's on another. Like you kind of want to get that stuff out of the way and not take up too much real estate because the whole point of the resume is you're trying to talk to people about what are your experiences, your education, your community skills, interests, things like that. Um, in terms of length, look, I, I think this this really comes down to your experience. You know, are you going for a new job? Are you a new hire? Are you a recent graduate? Or are you someone with 10 years of experience in your field who's extremely you know, experienced and looking for a, you know, almost like a, a leadership type position at a company, right? Um, I think this kind of comes down to the recruiters, you know, what, what they want or what they specify. But in my experience, you know, if you're kind of in that sweet spot of you know, first, second, or third job, I generally think, you know, one to two pages is fine. Um, ask yourself if all the information is relevant, right? If you have stuff on there, you know, you intern, you, you know, you worked at Abercrombie and Fitch for a summer between your junior year in high school and your senior year in high school. And now you're four years out of college, you know, ask yourself if that's entirely relevant to have um, look back 10 years, maybe, or even eight years and see, you know, is all this stuff relevant? Is it telling the story? that I want to tell, right? Does it come back to that one or two lines of this is who I am and this is what I want someone to know about me? Um, print it out and read it, to be honest. I know, I know paper, or at least I'm in LA, you know, you tell someone to print something out, it's like you're committing a felony because it's bad for the environment. But, you know, honestly, for this case, this is going to be, this is important. Print it out and read it. If you don't have someone else to read it for you, you will catch typos that way, I promise you. Um, I probably have tons of typos in this presentation because I didn't print it out. And, you know, once again, to Jen and, and Wesel's point, do research before you actually start submitting. Um, a banking resume, an investment banking resume is going to have very different formatting and guidelines, so to speak, than, you know, a programmer or a registered nurse. Um, is, is there anything else in the chat that... 
I'm not in the chat, but just a quick time check. You got like two more minutes. Yeah, um, this is pretty much, uh, we're at the end of the road here. So, and the last thing I just want to say, and you know, I'm sure this will get covered a lot more detail uh, throughout the hour is, this is just a piece of the puzzle, right? It's a resume. It's obviously important. It's the first impression, but we don't live in a world now where the resume is the only piece of information that someone has about you or can find about you. So just do the common sense things, Google yourself, make sure you can sleep at night afterwards, make sure nothing crazy comes up and, and have everything tell that story, right? So make sure your IG, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are, make sure all of that is telling that consistent story about what you're telling other people you are in your resume. Um, so, you know, I think I'll just leave it there. And, you know, thanks for the opportunity to share a few things I've learned. Working at the Death Star, Goldman Sachs. Um, I am all over the place. I'm on Instagram. I founded this platform called IPO and chill. So feel free to follow me on either of those things. You know, I love talking to people about this stuff. And then, you know, if you want to do a one-on-one -on -one consultation or you think I would even be helpful with that, feel free to DM me and let me know. Always happy to help. Awesome. This is all good stuff. Thanks so much, Anish. Um, everything, hope you're taking notes. Uh, now you have a better idea of what should go on your resume and how you should market yourself and brand yourself outside of the paper world as well. Um, now we're going to head into Faisal and interview tips. All right. So thank you, Anish. This was really helpful. I think I learned a lot about resume uh, building. And uh, believe me, before the session started, uh, I can say that I reviewed two resumes and they <laughs> could use your help. Okay. They definitely could use your help. Uh, in fact, I, I, I'm, I'm also trying to like do the same thing, you know, talking about, you know, how you can improve the resume. But what am I here for? I'm kind of here for kind of like saying, like, let's say you were able to get past that resume point and some lucky recruiter, you know, reached out to you, like Jen gets back to you. Hey, uh, whoever your name is, let's, you know, like, uh, just, let's just say it's me, right? Like Faisal, we want to talk to you again, right? So that's up to the point where the resume kind of helps. And then some of the points that you make in your resume also makes a difference. So before I get more into detail, quickly, I mentioned a couple of things about myself. You know, I worked in, um, I've been working in New York for a long time and I work in this field called technical sales. Now, uh, a lot of people, um, might not understand what this means. It's kind of like one of those jobs where only you can, you can explain to your, you know, colleague, but if you try to explain that to your grandma or your mom, they might not even understand it. Even sometimes your kids don't even understand it. Right. So, uh, essentially what we're trying to do here in technical sales is the ability for you to provide your customer or your clients. So we, I do work with a lot of customer facing, it's a customer facing role, uh, the ability to provide them kind of a trusted advisory role where, you are telling your customers certain things around their uh, strategy that can make them have a, a, a longer, less painful um, you know, future. So uh, that's essentially the one way we can explain it. Uh, it's focused on software sales. So think about like all these different software we're talking about. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people use Netflix these days. Uh, they use Facebook, uh, but we're talking about enterprise software here where typically you need someone to explain the software to you to, uh, to make a sale. So if you're thinking about like, if you work in HR, there's you know, software like uh, PeopleSoft, there's software like Workday. Uh, these are softwares that uh, you know, require a lot of uh, customization, uh, sizing to understand how your corporation works. So that's where the salesperson comes in and uh, someone like me would kind of help you understand how much do you need of that? Where do you need to integrate? Uh, all that kind of good stuff. So 
you know, I've been working in uh, corporate careers for a long time. Uh, I've been working, I've worked at IBM, I've worked at Oracle, uh, you know, in IBM, I was more of an engineer. I, you know, filed a patent out there uh, at Oracle. I, that's where I kind of started my sales career. I, uh, you know, I was, uh, I, I won an award for selling certain things in a quarter. Uh, currently, I, I work at Google. And, you know, believe it or not, Google has, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a massive organization. Uh, they have different types of uh, uh, software or, you know, uh, I would say, uh, solutions that help uh, all different types of uh, personas. So, of course, we have things like Gmail, uh, we have things like YouTube, uh, but I focus on the area called Google Cloud, and, and that area is essentially, we're helping companies like, you know, think about retail companies like HomeDepot.com, uh, how are they running their website, right? Like, how are they getting all these transactions done? How are they moving data from here to there? Uh, how are they making sure that, let's say, if you walk in, what are the types of different, um, you know, um, let's say, um, supplies or parts that you're looking for and how, how does the app work with that? And, you know, based on my experience, I have actually interviewed for a lot of different jobs. I've, you know, I've gotten offers from a lot of companies and I've also, you know, interviewed with a lot of companies. In fact, you know, companies like Facebook, Amazon, they, they always reach out to me also. So just, you know, just a little bit of background about myself. So uh, moving on to the next slide here. Uh, let's see. So I want to kind of focus on things about, what happens, like I said, before the interview that, that can really make a big difference, right? So one thing definitely is arrive on time. And what I mean by arriving on time is arrive early, okay? Don't, don't arrive on time. And if you arrive late, expect that you did not get the job. And, you know, I can tell you from personal experience, I've been, uh, you know, penalized by the, uh, the New York City subway system for a couple of these types of interviews. Uh, and, you know, it happens. So don't feel bad. Remember, an interview is a learning experience, okay? So um, I would say, in general, think of it like a performance, right? You're there to sell yourself. And that is when you do a, you know, whether it's a first-time interview with the recruiter, you move on to a, like a little bit more in-depth technical interview, or even the final, let's say, interview where you're dealing with, uh, you know, a, a hiring manager, let's say. Um, so, the, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of steps involved in an interview, especially if you're dealing with a, much more specialized uh, position. You're dealing with a company that you know that that you know really wants to know who you are before they hire you. So do that. Um, as far as uh, you know your resume, I think Anish hit on a lot of the key spots. But focus on that stuff, right? So don't go in there saying like you know like oh uh, I, I I had put that in there I forgot about it. So you know obviously if if you're starting off new, you want to be able to uh, talk about all the great things that you have done recently. But let's say like Anish was saying, if you're a ten if you have ten years of experience. And you put something in there and then all of a sudden, you know, like you don't even remember what, what that was, even though it's in a resume, you're like, you know, having a, um, uh, I don't know, like a blank, uh, blank spot in your mind. So just be prepared. Just, you know, make sure that you know what you're talking about. Right. So that's also important. And then in the also one of the other things that we want to talk about, of course, you're talking about your resume, but also learn about the, the company that you're that you're applying for. Right. So what is the company culture there? Right. Like, are they OK with you wearing uh, business casual outfits? Uh, do they expect you to wear a tie, you know, and also the type of language, the, you know, the lingo that they talk with, right? So have, have a little bit of a better understanding around that. And that, that does make a big difference, right? So, you know, like, like Anish was saying, first, first impression really counts. And these are some of the things that you could do without even doing anything uh, about yourself. And, and, you know, it will, it will make a big difference, right? Um, having references also helps, especially if you don't have experience. But I have seen also where I've been asked to 
provide ex references for more experienced people also. So, um, you know, these are these are some things that that can help you before the interview that you get started with. So, uh, now I want to hit on a little bit about during the interview, right? So, once again, it is a performance. Okay, it doesn't mean like who you are um, that over your last 20, 30 years, right, or whatever you how old you uh, old you are, right? Like you know, it's an acting uh, performance. Think of yourself as a character. You are the star. They're trying to interview you. You're there to sell yourself. If you want to, let's say, um, um, express yourself, embellish certain uh, attributes about yourself, you know, like maybe you saved, uh, you know, if you're, tar you know, you're Tarzan, you saved Jane, right? Like talk about it like that, right? Like, but, you know, obviously keep it in context, right? Um, a lot of times I would say in, in uh, technical interviews, uh, where you're trying to apply for, you know, a technical type of role, sometimes it's important, like you have no clue the question that was being asked, but at the same time, you don't want to say, I don't know. You want to uh, be able to explain yourself like, hey, uh, this is the way I'm thinking, right? So it's a lot of times, right, the interviewer themselves is having difficulty, you know, seeing that you're struggling. So you can help them out by kind of talking about what you're thinking, and they can sometimes also give you a, um, you know, tips on, on which way they want the, the answer to go. So it's, it's really a cat, you know, it's kind of a, I would say a dance, right? You're like, you know, they're asking you a question and they're expecting some kind of an answer. Sometimes you don't have that answer, but they're willing to help you get to that point. Right. So think about that also. So here is another thing that is really important. I want to, I want to highlight here, which is called behavioral scenarios. Um, this might not have been around before, or especially let's say if you join a company and, and what behavioral scenarios are really about is finding out how this is a good in indicator for interviewers to kind of know what type of person you are. Right. So you can like, you know, you can talk about like, yeah, I, I was a superhero in my last job. I did this and that, but then they can kind of find out who you are by asking you questions like, tell me about a time like last time, the last time you had a difficult time with a customer, right? How did you handle that? Tell me about a time when you had to challenge your boss, right? They want to know how you handle these scenarios because like in today's world, you know, we're working with people We're we have to get along with them, you know, like, yes, you know, you can't choose your family and sometimes you can't choose your coworkers either, right? You want that paycheck, you've got to be able to deal with them, even though they could, you know, drive you nuts, right? So you got to be able to deal with that. So master how you answer these questions because they really tell a lot about you. Uh, and there is a company called Amazon. They are notorious about this. If you ever interview with them, they will drill you and drill you and drill you to find out more about you. They're, essentially, they're doing a psychology test. They want to know everything about you through this interview. So, you know, um, uh, I, I can get into more details about this and I can, how, you know, I can help you. We can, we can focus on that also if you guys want uh, on a another session. It's, it's a session by itself, okay? That's what I can say. Um, also, like, think about, you know, like personal questions that they, they may ask you, right? Like things around, you know, how old you are, you know, if you're married or not, like, you know, you know which way, uh, you know, are you thinking about certain things like, you know, your income or your, your you know, your sexual orientation, some of these questions you don't have to answer, okay? You don't. And you can call them out and say like, hey, I don't feel comfortable answering that or is that even, is that even needed, right? So uh, there are certain questions, just, you know, just be aware that you don't have to answer them. In fact, in New York State now, recruiters are not allowed to ask you your, your prior salary if you, if you had one. 
um, you know, uh, in certain states they are, but not, not in New York State. So there are a lot of things that, you know, interviewers cannot ask you. And then, you know, once again, like, oh, I think I, I, I talked about this, be yourself, you know, sell yourself, right? This is, this is a point where, you know, you're the star, like, like I said, right? Talk about your achievements, but talk about it in a way that people understand, right? Like, you know, like if you're like saying like, oh, you know, I do this and this on my last job and they're like, okay, that sounds great, but what is it, right? Like nobody understands that. And uh, in my experience, no two jobs are the same, okay? Because every time there's something, like if you, you, you decided like, you know what, I'm going to change my company, take the same position in another company, you'll find out that things are different. The processes are different. The people, the way they work, your boss, the timing, all of that is different. So, you know, like right now, like, let's say, you know, you work in one position and you have to deal with COVID, right? Now, yes, everybody's dealing with COVID, but at the same time, maybe your company deals with it differently than the other companies, right? That you've worked a lot in the past. So just be able to say things that are great about you so that other people can also understand, like make it consumable so that everyone understands what you're talking about. And, you know, I want to, you know, quickly move, move on, like, you know, after the interview, try to follow up. Let's say, you know, a lot of times uh, you don't know how it went. It, it, you know, you were able to answer all the questions. You didn't, you don't know, you know, like if you're going to get the job, you know, follow up. Um, this actually happened to me. I, I, I'm, I'm not lying. Uh, I, I did, I thought I did okay in the first interview. Then they asked me to come to another one. A few months went by. I, they kept on calling me until I, I was like interviewing with the VP, right? Essentially the boss of the whole line of business, right? And I don't know how it happens, but sometimes you might just keep on interviewing, right? Like it just depends on the type of company you're working with. And then there are some times where I've seen a friend of mine, he interviewed and in one hour they gave him the offer. So, you know, a lot of times you get rejected and a lot of times, you know, it just goes on. So it's just another way to refine your skills, right? Refine that performance that you're doing, who you are, right? Make yourself believable. Um, uh, the only thing I was going to say here is that I might have not mentioned this. Imagine that, you know, you are a, uh, a glass of water. 20% of you, I would say, you can explain to yourself in a resume. The other 80% is all about you in front of the interview. That's people don't hire resumes. People hire people during the interview. And that's, that's when you get to show yourself. So the resume only takes you closer to a job. It doesn't get you hired. Okay. So interview is the bottom line. You got to make it happen. Um, you know, obviously I can, uh, I want to so kind of hit on a like couple five of five more minutes. Yes, go ahead. Is, are there any questions? <laughs> five more minutes. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. You just got five more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Okay. So, um, Okay, so I, I, I want to kind of hit on these points before, I, uh, before we end this real quick. So I talked about, you know, being on time. I talked about, um, you know, having that right mindset, right? Like, so, hey, uh, you know, you're applying for this job uh, and, and you find out and doing the interview doesn't sound like anything. Don't just walk away, you know, do your best to get that job. And sometimes you find out that the types of jobs you're looking for, you're not finding them, right? So you got to change that mindset to find out like, hey, how can I, get that job, whatever that's out there. So you got to be able to change that, right? Uh, during the interview, try to be relatable, right? So I talked about, you know, like being under, understanding certain things about, uh, you know, what the interviewer is asking for. So let's say they ask you like, hey, what are your hobbies, right? And, and you know, like, you know, maybe it's a sales type job or a people related job, right? So you can't say things like, yeah, you know, I, I like to watch, uh, I don't know, like Bangla Nato during the weekends, right? Like, no, 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 you can't talk like that, right? If they're looking for somebody who is in sales, they're looking for somebody who's competitive, right? So 
talk about things like, yeah, you know, I love watching sports. I love these competitive, you know, end of games. I love the, you know, the champions, right? Like that's, that's what I, that's what I was trying to be. I want to be a champion, right? So, you know, focus on that. So, you know, um, and then uh, I keep on talking about that performance. Part of that is just proving your value, right? So when you're going for a job, you know, talk about the relevant skills for that job, how that can help you. Um, and then, you know, uh, if it is, let's say, you know, things like customer, uh, customers uh, that you'd like, you know, like how Anish was talking about, like, hey, you did work in a, some kind of a customer service type of job. Yeah, you may not want to highlight all of it, but I think it really matters if you're dealing with customers, regardless of where you work, right? And sometimes your customers are not really official customers. They could be like a vendor. They could be your boss. They could be another stakeholder within your company, right? So the ability for you to show that you can deal with people who are uh, sometimes not directly reporting to you and the ability for you to deal with difficult situations, customer support is a prime example of that. Uh, you know, like, you know, if you want to talk about like, hey, you know, I, I know how to manage my siblings from not fighting. And, let, you know, that, that's also sometimes important. Like, let's say if you, if you didn't, you know, if you don't have enough experience, right? And then finally, you know, if you think the interview is going well, you want to like, you know, it's just, you know, hit that home run, smash it, right? Like, the, the way you do that is talk about like, hey, imagine you were already working in that job, right? So tell your boss, like, you know, your hiring manager, like, hey, wh what, what are you expecting for someone like, you know, uh, to get, get, you know, get off going and being successful, right? Like in one or two months, what are you expecting me to do, right? Like just, just talk about these future outcomes that, that make a difference, right? So, so that's the way you show to them that, wow, you know, this candidate, like they are ready to rock and roll. They are ready to understand my, you know, my pain. They're ready to help me out, right? So those are some of the things I can talk about. And then quickly, I want to hit on this stuff. I think, you know, before we joined, Cam asked me, like, hey, how can you improve yourself uh, during COVID? And also another thing he wants uh, he wanted to talk about is that uh, career mobility. Um, you know, a lot of the things I'm talking about is, is sort of all related. Um, uh, it's all in the interview. Uh, but, you know, uh, I can definitely, you know, talk to you personally if you need to uh, on help, helping you with that. Uh, during COVID, obviously, everyone's trapped, figuring out, like, hey, what are some of the new skills that you can learn? You know, just, just learn as much as you can. Like, you know, you have YouTube out there. You have all these different platforms, whether it's uh, Udemy or Coursera. There's a lot of stuff out there. These are technical stuff, but obviously, you know, you can keep you know, focusing on, on your craft and, and getting better. Of course, I'm from the technical side. So I would say, like, you know, get certified um, in any technology that you're focusing on. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Amazon Web Services, that's a cool software or a service that you can learn on that. Uh, like, uh, you know, expand your network, right? Like finding out who are the people that, that you want to, you know, be like, you know, see if you can, you know, find out, you know, if they can spend some time with you explaining what they're doing. And nowadays in LinkedIn, you can look at the people that you want to emulate. You can see what skills that they have, right? Just, just copy that stuff or at least try figure out how you can learn on those things, right? Uh, and, you know, obviously for inner peace, I know it's very difficult, you know, sitting at home, uh, you know, people sometimes go crazy, you know, they might have anxiety, you know, practice mindfulness, practice, you know, how you deal with other people around you, you know, how you, you know, just observe yourself. Do you get mad too quickly? You know, how do you not get mad? How do you not say things? Um, you know, I can tell you by personal experience, you know, I, uh, I started exercising during COVID. Now, I think I slacked off a little bit, uh, but I, I did, I did lose some weight and I feel like I'm much stronger, even though I, I feel like I lost weight. So, uh, you know, uh, everyone, everyone has a, their own journey. I'm going through mine. So that's that. Um, you know, uh, other things that you can do, you know, you can read, uh, I have been reading these, uh, some of these books, uh, you know, I, I'm going to, for the first two, uh, the first book, how to win friends and influence people 
this is a, you know, uh, I would say a book about just growing up and, and learning how to deal with different people that really makes a difference. Uh, book number three, The Seven Habits of a Highly Effective People. This also kind of talks about how you go through life. Uh, essentially, all of these books are about self-improvement, but I would say, you know, friends and influence, uh, friends, uh, you know, how to win friends and influence people and seven habits of highly effective. These are universal books. The Essentialism is a book around, you know, you, you, you imagine like your whole day is busy. You feel like you did a lot, but you're not getting any recognition. You're not figuring out like, hey, uh, am I doing the right things? Why am I not getting ahead in life? Right. So this book kind of focuses on like what's busy work and how do you elevate yourself to do work that that really matters, that that's that that's that impactful work. Right. So, uh, you know, and especially in corporate careers, it happens like you get stuck in the mundane tasks. You know, you, you feel like you're doing a lot. And then when the time it comes for your review and they're like, hey, you're just doing your job. That's what your boss says. But this is the book that will help you get out of that. Right. And then the last book here, this is from somebody's reading the subtle art of not giving an F. Uh, this is by, by somebody, you know, uh, recommended, I think, or that somebody I admire and uh, adore. Uh, yeah, this book is mostly about, uh, you know, basically how to cut off people in your life. If they're toxic, even if they're family members, they give you some uh, tips. But essentially, you know, once again, it's, it's more about, you know, figuring things out uh, on how to deal with, you know, difficult situations. Uh, I think that's about it for me. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely help you also with, with resume uh, consultations. You know, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm on I, IG or Instagram, whatever. And yeah, I, I have this link here uh, if you if you can get to it. But it's yeah, it's it's a very cryptic link. I try to do a short URL shortener, but essentially, you know, reach out to me. I will try to help you with your resume uh, if I can, and or I'll give you pointers. Right? Like, you know, I'm trying to help out people here as much as I can. But you know. Um, Anish is also here. We're all here. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, I mean, if you have questions, you know, I'm here to listen. Um, back to you, Jen. All right. That was so informative. Thank you so much, Faisal. I also enjoy your book recommendations. I've read half of them, um, and now I'm going to add the other half to my list. We do have a couple questions in the chat. Um, first one is, did you ever get an interview call without networking? Um, I'll start off on that. For me, yes, I got two internships and one job in my professional career, the job being my current job, still um, without any networking. But I had a great resume, great cover letter, great um, cold email the internships were from cold emailing um, and the job was from regular job applications. So it is definitely possible um, as long as you're taking the tips that Faisala and Anish had shared on your resume, your professional profiles on LinkedIn and anywhere else, your digital footprint, so to say. Um, are Faisal and Anish, would you like to add to that? Yeah, uh, I, I also had similar experiences. Like for me, um, it was just like, you know, putting these buzzwords on LinkedIn and I was getting calls like, you know, I, I never did any like networking. Obviously, you know, I, I've been in the tech field for like, you know, for a long time. But, you know, the, the problem with being in the technology field is that your, your job keeps changing um, all the time. So so the ability for you to you know keep up to date uh, is very important. Right. If you want to stay in the technology field. So I would say, you know, just just putting those buzzwords on LinkedIn, it makes a difference. Uh, I, I, you know, that's how I've been like, in fact, the last three jobs, I would say I didn't do any networking. It's just more of like LinkedIn, you know, recruiters reaching out to me. Yeah. I, I, I'll just add, you know, I'll take a step back. You know, when you are thinking about your job search, just try to visualize what are the different pools 
that you need to dip your feet into, right? So one pool is just people that you know, friends, people on LinkedIn, people you can network with. And oftentimes they'll be incentivized to help you too, because at Goldman, we had a referral bonus, right? So I was always looking for people because I wanted, you know, 5,000 free dollars. I never got it. But, you know, if, if, if you don't actively go out and reach out to people, then they'll never find you. So that's one pool. Another pool is just applying. Another pool is making sure you're using the right words. Just think of, have a strategy and just try to figure out where everything falls into that strategy. That way you're not only networking or only hoping that someone reads an application. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, uh, at Google, they also give you a pretty generous uh, referral. Uh, in fact, like the, the person, like I recently got one of these candidates in and I don't know how he got in, but um, I didn't think he was going to get in, <laughs> but he did. And the person that I didn't think is going to, uh, I thought I was going to get in, didn't get in. So you never know how it works, but yeah, just uh, keep referring, uh, you know, uh, referrals help and uh, uh, yeah, networking also helps. So um, everything works, uh, you know, especially like, you know, if you're trying to get in and, or if you're trying to change your career path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much. Uh, another question was, which site is more useful? The job, university job site, Handshake, LinkedIn, or Indeed? Personally, as someone who works in career services, I think when you're job searching or internship searching, use all the links. There is no one good source. Everything has its pros and cons. With Handshake, that's great because every employer that is on Handshake had to go through an approval process with your institution in order to be able to post on Handshake. That means they're looking for you as a student because they had to go through this process to work with your institution and make this position even available for you to apply to. They're already putting in the work for you to work with them. Um, that's why I like Handshake. With LinkedIn, you get to see who's connected with the um, organization that you're applying to and you can ask them for any insight, intel. If you're really close with them, then you can ask them um, to maybe even refer you. And with Indeed, it's a general job site. I don't know too much about Indeed, but I know that um, a lot of companies post there. Another thing I suggest on top of these job search sites is to look at the organization's job page. So if you're interested in a smaller organization like, I don't know, Apple, that's a terrible example because it's not small at all, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of smaller organizations are just organizing, they have to pay to put the position out on a job, search, job site. And not every organization, especially the smaller ones, want to do that. This is especially true for nonprofit organizations. So um, your best bet would be to Google, um, you know, Bengalis of New York jobs um, and to see like what's on the organization's website or their, you know, human resources website to see what's available there. Um, Faisal, Anish, Kim, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, um, I, I just have one thing. Like, believe it or not, during COVID, there are a lot of companies that are still hiring. It just depends on the type of job skills that they're looking for, okay? So, you know, I, I can tell you Google is hiring, definitely. At some point, they did slow down, but now they have picked up again. Uh, I have seen, you know, even companies like New York Times, they're hiring and, you know, people leaving their jobs during COVID and getting hired. So the market is very fluid. It is a really good time to be, uh, you know, looking for a job. Uh, you just have to have the right skills. And uh, back to the original question, LinkedIn has a lot of things happening behind the scenes. There are recruiters that are incentivized to use these tools to find out their, their people. So uh, just use all the networks you can. Uh, and uh, believe it or not, you know, like you, if you're being connected with somebody, 
that has a big network, that also helps. So um, just use everything you can in your power. I, I can't talk about Indeed or anything, but LinkedIn is a, you know, I would say pretty solid, you know, pretty big platform. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm getting old is what I'm hearing. Um, handshake, wow, that's a, they'll have to change that name after COVID anyway. But um, I, I echo the the points of you should be everywhere, and if you have that consistent story and you kind of know what you're looking for. Although I think the biggest problem with the job search, or at least the biggest problem that I've had, is oftentimes people don't know what they're looking for, or they aren't able to very clearly articulate. Like, you know, I'm sure you get this all the time. You work at Google and people are like, oh my God, I want to work at Google. Well then, well, you ask them, well, okay, well, what, what can you see yourself doing at Google? And oftentimes people be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know, I like Gmail, or I, I can see myself doing like, you know, the biggest thing is clarity. And once you have that clarity over what are the specific roles that you actually are looking for and what you want, you will know how to use those sites for their intended purposes and you'll know who to seek out on those sites. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you got to be able to focus it down. So, you know, maybe you like all like Gmail stuff, all that. So within Google, they have jobs that maybe focus around the, those things. So you have to tailor your resume that focuses on those job descriptions, right? So you can change your resume. No one is saying you can't. It's just that you have to make sure that for those jobs, you, you're, you know, you're tailoring it the right way. And also you have that persona that you're talking about. You're highlighting your background or your experiences that talk about how those skills can uh, help for that job. So don't use the same resume for everything. You know, you have to move it around. It does take some effort, uh, but you know, you, 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 if you put in the work, something will happen. Um, I'm sure about that. Cam, I, just, I, just ca I just came back on to say thank you to both of you guys to, for joining. Um, and lastly about resumes, I'll just say this is I, I, th I always thought I had a really good resume. I get I get calls and I get interviews, but I think it's there's always opportunities to change up. Like I think I thought I had a good resume, but I still had Anish look at my resume. I still had Jen look at my resume. So I think that I don't think your resume is ever super, super perfect. I think you could always make improvements. So I always think that and Jen and, and Jen and Anish both gave me some really good advice. So I think it, I think that's one thing. But I wanted to just thank every, both of you for for coming on. And Jen, thanks. A great job hosting as usual. Um, and I think we should do a part two because I think there's a lot of topics that we covered that I think we could certainly do a top uh, a part two, but then also have uh, do it at a time where maybe people um, can do you know live questions and like make it more like a panel. Um, but yeah, I really want to thank both of you for coming on. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah, this is super fun. I'm so glad that we all got to meet up and, and talk about this stuff. It, it's so important, especially for our community, thinking about like who gets access to these resources and who gets access to this kind of knowledge. When you think about networking and how like that's a lot of how more more privileged groups um, gain access to the workforce and climbing up the ladder. And then from the perspective of like the population of Bengalis of New York and Bengalis just around um, coming from immigrant background, um, it's hard for us to like move up the la ladder at the same pace. So I'm just really glad that we were able to share our resources and knowledge and wisdom with everyone watching. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add on a little bit to that because that really is important for me too. You know, getting getting into finance when I was much younger was very intimidating because my parents don't work in corporate. My mom's a teacher and my dad worked in the government for a long time and the city government of New York. So they had never even, I didn't even think they had a resume. And I had never seen a resume really. And you remember this is back in 2000. 
2006, 2007. You know, there right now there are a ton of resources online. You can just Google or people will post templates and stuff. So use that to your advantage. But I remember having to go to the career center and then they would give you these packets and you wouldn't even know if it was relevant for the industry because it was printed in like 1995. So, you know, my, my thing is this information is, is not, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know this stuff, but at the same time, it's not easy to find this stuff. So I'm, once again, I'm, I'm, and you know, Faisal obviously is too, he's an expert. Like I'm willing to help anyone uh, at any time with this, because I just feel like it would be a tragedy if someone couldn't get a job or a role or better than themselves because, you know, they couldn't put together a one page document. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, it really does. I, when I drive down the streets of let's say Hillside Avenue or, I see so many Bengali youths and all that stuff. And I wonder like, Hey, you know what? Um, are they, are they, you know, are they in a corporate job or something? And like you said, like, it's just that opportunity, right? Like understanding um, that, you know, what they need to do to get, get into that, their first step inside the corporate environment. And um, it, it is difficult. You're absolutely right. Like, uh, but it's not like they don't have the potential, right? So how can we empower our next generation or even anyone else who, hasn't been in a corporate world to get in there because the way this country works, these, you know, the, the corporations essentially are, you know, kind of like the, the, uh, they run the country almost, I would say, right. Like, they, you know, every, every com you know, these companies are huge and at least being involved in it or seeing how it works. I think that makes a big difference. And, or, or, you know, or you're just missing out on this big um, I would say, you know, opportunity uh, that's out there that, that this country provides. So uh, we just need to figure out how to empower them. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, one last thing for me, if you want to connect with me, the best way is LinkedIn, but please add a note. I do not send requests without a note and I do not accept requests without a note. So <laughs> it's a very important <laughs> aspect of networking. If you're connecting with anyone, whether you know them well or not, you need to have a note. So um, one, it further establishes the relationship. And two, at least this is something I found a couple years later, if you're trying to find who is this person that I'm connected to, you can look through your messages and see the connection there and that history. Um, so yeah, feel free to connect with me. I'm very much like helper. That's why I'm in the field of education. Um, but yeah, thank you again to Faisal and Anish and the rest of the Boney team. I'm so glad that we got together and yeah, hope you all make moves. I gotta be honest With diamonds and pearls Yeah, yeah Bengalis in New York All over the world uh, It's the bony show uh, hey, Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we spit To the gangs we with It doesn't matter We the essence of the Bangladesh I say, hey, come on Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live